on 102.4 FM across Rotherham, across Rotherham, across Rotherham, and around the world, and around the world, and around the world, at redroadfm.com. This is the Red Road Breakfast Show with Aaron Outram. Now, following their success in the 80s, this English pop, rock and jazz funk band are back with an, a, the not-to-be event, uh, or not-to-be-missed event of the summer, I should say. This band has sold more than 30 million albums worldwide and had a string of top 40 singles, including Lessons in Love, Something About You, Leaving Me Now, Running in the Family, Hot Water. I can only be talking about Level 42, and Mark King from the band joins me live on the show right now. And Mark, thanks so much for coming on today. Where in the world do we find you? Yeah, I'm I'm on the Isle of Wight actually at home, Isle of Wight boy, and a uh, bit of a hangover after watching the football last night. Good old Leicester, <laughs> yes, yeah, so for them. That's right. Yeah, it was a, a good match last night between uh, uh, Tottenham and, and Chelsea, and of course they've uh, yeah they got the Premier League title uh, wrapped up now. So uh, yeah, but thanks for uh, for coming on today in a lovely part of the world. Well, my as well. pleasure, mate. My uh, pleasure. The Isle of Wight as well. Uh, brilliant. So uh, you're here to talk about your night at Doncaster Racecourse, which we'll get onto in a second, but. Okay. I've just got a question for you. Did you always want to become a, a singer? Was that always the main aim? Not really, Aaron, no. Um, I, I would have loved to have been a drummer. Um, you know, when I was a kid, that's what I wanted to do, I think. Um, and I think a lot of kids want to play the drums. It's, it looks like the easy option. And you get to sit down for the whole show. Um, and I, I started playing drums when I was about five years old. So to actually end up being the, the bass player and the singer in the band it wasn't part of the plan at all mate but I mustn't grumble it's, it's been very good to me absolutely uh, who was your inspiration then when you were growing up what music did you listen to what artists are you into now in fact well quite um, quite diverse artists actually um, the, my first favourite band would have been Cream they were like a, the first power trio really but from about 1967 68 and they featured of course Eric Clapton and um, the the um, the marvellous Jack Bruce, who uh, I suppose in a lot of ways I, I've modelled myself on more than anybody else because he was a singing bass player in the band and the, the great Ginger Baker, of course, as well. So my first love was Cream and then it's, it sort of went on, you know, fo- definitely following the, the line of drummers. I got into Buddy Rich and but then I loved Jimi Hendrix too and, um, you know, I think it was it was a good time to be growing up, Aaron, in the, in the 1960s because there were so many brilliant new things coming along that you know people had never seen this stuff before and 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 of course jazz you had the likes of miles davis so there was a jazz fusion element was starting to cross over into rock and um you know then being followed by the 70s and the whole glam thing i mean it was a fantastic time for music and a, and a great time to be growing up and going on to become a musician myself. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't agree more with you there. Some great 60s uh, music out there, which uh, is still very popular today as well. Um, mm. I've seen, of course, you've done numerous tours all around the world. How would you describe the travelling aspect to the tours? Is it fun? Is it tiring? A bit of both? It, it, you know, it's, it's, it's all of those things, really. You know, it is, you know, it's an amazing privilege to be able to, to, to travel the world and, and get up on stage and, you know, make make a few people happy that's a great that's a great thing to be able to do um and but it is it you know it's like i was married when when the band was at its height sort of 87 88 89 you know i was married i had three kids and i was spending much more time with the other members of the band you know in another continent somewhere else and it's so it that takes its own toll really you know but at the end of the day when it all balances out it's it's still 
better than standing in a ditch in the pouring rain somewhere digging a hole, you know. Absolutely, yeah, yeah I totally understand what you mean there. Um, do you get much downtime on tour? Do you get to, if you visit in a big city, do you go and, uh, do you get to go and see the sites and, and whatnot, or do you not really? Well, yeah, um, I mean, it's there for you. I have to say, I've never been very good at that. It's, you know, something, you know, my partner, Mike Lindup, um, he's very good, and he, he's a keen photographer, so he... My brother Nathan and Sean, they, they go out and they, they sort of check out museums and, and town squares and, and catch a bit of the culture of the place that we're in. Uh, me, I'm just sort of, you know, if we've got a day off, that's me crashed out on the bed watch, watching some telly. Watching the telly, well, I don't blame you there. Yeah. Um, I heard, actually, I don't know if you can confirm this, but I heard a story about your thumb and you had that insured for quite a substantial sum of money. Is, is that true? Yeah, well, yeah, Polydor Records back in 88 took a, a three million pound insurance policy out on the thumb, which, uh, you know, at the time was cool because I, I was still sort of remembering back in the 70s, there was a TV program called The Six Million Dollar Man, where uh, the bionic man and, and uh, I always thought it was quite cool because it was it was a bit like having some sort of incredible appendage on my body. Unfortunately, it was just my thumb. But um, <laughs> there you go. Fantastic. So yeah, three three million pounds just for for the thought. Do, do you get yeah. do you get worried that uh, like sending a text or even hanging up the phone that could that could have no no I don't, it? I don't I don't no I don't because it's insured. <laughs> Uh, brilliant uh, I love it um, so of course you're performing at the race course in Doncaster on Saturday June the 4th what what you got lined up well you're going to have a lot of the hits um, you know that's what that's what we're known for that's what I like to do um, you know I think if, if I go and see you know bands that, that I've loved from the past and stuff I, I really do want to hear the, the hits and I want to hear the songs that I know them for not necessarily want to sort of sit and trauma way through their latest album or anything like that so there'll be no nasty surprises you know we've got a big band now um, got a full brass section and uh, you know really just want people to come along and have a fantastic time you know the, the Doncaster Derby Day is going to be a great fun day anyway there's a lot of good racing going on I don't know if you're into horses or anything I, I Occasionally, I don't mind a flutter myself. Yeah. One of the biggest mistakes I ever made, actually, was was being part of a consortium that owned a racehorse, <clears throat> and that's that's a really is a, a great way to get rid of some money. You know, if, uh, <laughs> it's a bit like finding out you've got an illegitimate son and then putting him through private school. <laughs> so uh, I don't I don't advise getting a horse, but come out and have a flutter, you know, and then of course have a few beers and um, dance the night away because that's what we'll be supplying for you yeah brilliant um of course it's the the town's more derby day fixture you, you mentioned the race in there it coincides with the the epsom classic which historically attracts some of the best runners and riders in the sport it's probably arguably one of the most prestigious events on the uk racing calendar i bet it's quite right. an honor an honor to be asked actually to perform at an event like that yeah it is most certainly because it is a sporting event and and um you know, I do like the sport, so it, it is, as you said, it's, it's, you know, this isn't the first time we've done it, actually. You know, we, we've played um, Royal Ascot before and uh, Sandown Park, so it's great, you know, I do, it's very nice to be part of a, a big sporting event like this, yeah, very pleased. Of course, you've done uh, a number of tours that we, that we touched on before, you've also supported some big artists too, and bands, of course, The Police, Madonna, Tina Turner, to name a few. Is there an added pressure when supporting artists like that? Well, there's you, you've got to you've got to sort of put a shift in because you know just as just as thrilling it is when they actually invite you to go on tour, they could just as soon say, 
uh, lads, you're not pulling your weight, you know, we'll get somebody else. Yeah. So you, you have a duty to, to get up and, you know, put a decent shift in. But that's, I'm, I'm very proud of my band that, that it's always done that. And, um, you know, we try not to leave anything on stage. So, uh, you know, that, that night one, you'll get the same performances you'll get uh, on the 30th night or something, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, now, come on, be, be honest with me. Who, who's the biggest diva you've performed with? The biggest diva? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, i tell you what, there's, uh, I've been lucky. Been really, really lucky. I, I can't say that I've... Uh, I've worked with too many divas. I've been lucky enough to play in the, the, the Prince's Trust All-Star Band, and that's great because you get a chance to play with artists that you wouldn't necessarily play with. Mm. Um, you know, and that, that that ranges from anything. That's like Bowie and Jagger, uh, uh, you know, Eric Clapton, Elton John, Phil Collins, and, you know, the, uh, just the, the list is endless, and it's always a fantastic event. And it was always an absolute joy to do, you know, that the guys, I suppose that's the reason they're so successful is because they're, they're just, you know, when, when push comes to shove, they actually get on and do it. Mm. Um, do, do you actually hang out with, with these guys backstage? Do you, do you hang out with Tina Turner and Madonna? Do you always have a drink with them backstage or are you very much separate? No, it's, you know, it depends. The, with, on the Prince's Trust shows, that was lovely because the, the, the sort of the house band, and the artists all just used to hang out together and they'd, they'd forever be dropping in your room and you sit down and have a good old chinwag about whatever was going on. Um, Madonna, I saw her twice uh, on the hold. We were out for three months and she sort of welcomed us on to the tour the very first night. And then the last night, she said, thanks for being here, lads. <laughs> Cheerio. And that, that was that. How you was know? that? So she, she wasn't wasting a lot of breath on us. But, <laughs> you know, it, nonetheless, it, it didn't matter. It was, it was still, a, a, you know, a great experience. And, and I admire very much her, I suppose, her work ethic, you know, because mm-hmm. she, I don't know what anybody knows about her, but she's definitely the one that, that calls all the shots. And she's the one that makes it all happen, you know. And, and, I, and I love the fact that they used to sound check every show. There, there, was, there was a full sound check going on. And uh, and that was good, sort of. You know, you can learn a lot as a as an upcoming artist standing on the side of the stage and watching how the you know the real big guys do it. Absolutely. Um, so let's go back to your uh, night at uh, Doncaster. Have you performed at the racecourse or in Doncaster before? No, never have. Not not certainly not at the racecourse in Doncaster. Um, like I said, we've done a few racecourses before in the past, and and it always is uh, you know a great fun day. Um, you know, you, people come along. It's a great family day. That's the nice thing about the races mm. and something like that. You know, and and it's uh, so. But anyway, looking forward to it. We're we're about a month away, I think, aren't we? Is it June June the fourth? June the fourth. So, that's right. Yeah, that's right. It's going to be a good Saturday. Uh, of course, this is in addition to a busy couple of months for you, isn't it? I see you're uh, performing at the Brentwood Festival in July, then in October, you're back out on the road for a, a UK tour, and then November, you're heading to uh, the Netherlands for a tour too, aren't you? Yeah, we've got we've got a lot. We've got twenty dates in the UK uh, coming up in October. Before that, though, we've got an awful lot of festivals to be going on. We've got festivals in Belgium and the North Sea Jazz Festival in Rotterdam. A couple of festivals in Germany, out in Hamburg. Um, like you said, we've got the Brentwood Festival. We've got uh, the Hookham Hall in Norfolk. Uh, we've got uh, we're actually out to the Dutch Antilles in September, which I'm really looking forward to. That's in Curaçao, and that's. Uh, uh, it's actually called the North Sea Jazz Festival. Why the hell it's over there? I've got no idea. But there we go. And then, like you said, you know, we're out and we're kicking around the UK. October. Um, not sure where the nearest will be going to be coming up there. So I advise everybody to come and see it's at Doncaster on the fourth, just yeah. in case. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Would you would you say the fan base varies in different countries? 
Um, not really. I, you know, the, the the band has always sort of had quite a, a quite a wide mix of fans. I think you know that they're uh, you know without making a pun that there are sort of various levels that you can enjoy the band on. <laughs> you know that there's uh, if you want to come along and see you know uh, if you're into your your musicianship. 1142 is a very good band for that because um, you know that we've always prided ourselves on having fantastic drummers in the band for a start. So any aspiring drummers can come along and see, uh, you know, sort of see how it's done. And I love that. It's great for me as a bass player playing with all these amazing drummers that we've had throughout the years, you know. And not least the guy that's playing with us at the moment, Pete Ray Biggin. He's uh, he's an absolute joy to play with. What's next, then, Mark? Is there any new mu- music on the horizon? <clears throat> oh, excuse me. <clears throat> there certainly is, Aaron. Yeah, we've got um, the Sirens Two EP is uh, currently in production, and that follows on from the the Sirens tour that we did in 2014. And um, I love doing it. You know, there's a nice thing about making an EP as opposed to an album because you you, you know you, you just got to come up with five or six songs, and it somehow takes the pressure off. And it's a nice way to do it because, of course, you, you put two EPs together and you've got an album, haven't you? So mm. I like um, I like working like this, and that's what you're all going to be getting. So uh, yeah. Oh, we can't we can't wait to hear it. Um, level forty two play, of course, at Doncaster Racecourse after the racing on Saturday, fourth of June, twenty sixteen. Tickets are available from the box office oh one three zero two three zero four two hundred or via the website Doncaster uh, Racecourse uk mark just before i let you go uh, obviously you guys have sold millions of records worldwide is there anything you do differently oh only everything um i think <laughs> <laughs> no mate no regrets you know there's uh, life's too short for that onwards Absolutely. and upwards that's what i say um and finally i always like to ask this question to the artists and to the bands that i get on if there's anybody out there listening to this right now looking to break into the music industry looking to become a cigar looking just for a break what advice would you give mark to do that Oh, believe in yourself, you know, that uh, when you start out, you're you're your biggest and your only advocate, probably, you know, so you've got to have a lot of faith in yourself and you've got to be prepared to knuckle down and roll with it. You know, you've got to take some knocks, but just keep going. You know, if you really believe in yourself, then you'll make it. Thanks, Mark King from Level 42. An absolute pleasure to talk to you today. Uh, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, all the best with the night in Doncaster and, of course, the uh, tours as well, where you're going work worldwide. And please come back in and speak to us again soon. Thanks ever so much, Aaron. Nice talking to you, mate. No Bye problem. Now. You too. Bye-bye. Every weekday morning from 7, wake up with Aaron. Be honest, it's great, isn't it? Go ahead and say it's great. Only on Red Road.